welcome to SED. I'm your host, Jane Dagme, Editor-in-Chief of Designers Today. SED covers the wonderful industry of interior design from various, often eclectic, angles. At its most literal, SED is the spoken complement to what's written in the pages of our magazine. Esoterically speaking, SED, S-A-I-D, stands for Something About Interior Designers. In a nutshell, the podcast is devoted to the ongoing curiosity and admiration we have for these diverse, passionate, and often quirky individuals. SED celebrates the way they think, work, live, and define themselves. Enough said. Let's get into our show. Designers, Howls is excited to announce a brand new initiative focused on serving your specific needs as design pros. Howls Pro is a new pro-exclusive destination where you can access new tools, education, and analytics to take your business to the next level. You're invited to explore Howls Pro, which includes the brand new CRM tool to manage client inquiries, marketing to build your company brand, plus Ivy, the incredibly popular designer software for managing your business. Learn more at pro.house.com. Hi, everyone, and thanks for joining the podcast. Today, my guest is the inimitable Cheryl Keyes Clendenin, founder of the interior design firm In Detail, proprietor of the home furnishings retail showroom. 1514 Home, all-around industry influencer and business coach, whose unfiltered approach belies a genuine desire to help fellow designers create sustainable businesses and to strengthen the industry. Cheryl is also the founder of the private Facebook group, Small Business Think Big. She gives so much of herself and her generosity does not go unnoticed. As California designer, and fellow design hound, Shannon Jem, explains. Hi, Cheryl and Jane. It's Shannon Jem. I met Cheryl doing design hounds, and I immediately knew why she garnered so much respect in our industry. She's able to thread every single thing right back to core business principles of having a profitable interior design business with excellent vendor relationships that is able to replicate top quality service to clients every single time, no matter the size of the project. And she's really generous with the how. Thank you for all you do. Thanks, Shannon. With 20 years of experience, Cheryl is a fountain of knowledge, like the powerful ones at the Bellagio in Vegas. She truly gushes with information and ideas. Because of this, she's a fast talker. Cheryl's mind, you see, is quite active, and she seems to be solving multiple issues at one time. Her words, therefore, must come out quickly in order to keep pace with her thoughts. One colleague described Cheryl's mind as a nonstop squirrel cage of a brilliant mind. Because of that, we cover a lot of ground in this conversation, and you are in for a treat. Corona times or not, Cheryl shares experience, ideas, opinions, and actionable steps that I hope, actually I'm quite certain, will be beneficial to you. Also in this podcast, a shout out to Veronica Solomon, who we spoke to in episode 21. Veronica, we hope you're listening. Coming to you from Pensacola, Florida, please enjoy my lively discussion 
with Cheryl Clendenin. Hello? Cheryl, it's Jane. How are you? I'm good, Jane. I'll try not to cough or anything since I've, uh, you know, oh, had yeah. <laughs> um, such bad allergies that it's just been awful. And just just today, I don't know. If, I, I think you're on my personal page. Aren't you on my personal page? I don't know if you saw my my little episode at the store, but it was quite the it was quite the funny thing. And um, I just had it happen again in the car with Liz and I we started laughing so hard. I mean, it was just like that sort of. I don't know, bizarre laughter that you do when like, I don't know, for me, it's always in church or something like right, that, sure. something inappropriate, something totally inappropriate. Um, you know, I mean, not that I'm not on a regular basis inappropriate, but uh, anyway, you are, that's <laughs> your nickname, laughing. the inappropriate. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely inappropriate. But uh, whenever I possibly can be, but Liz started laughing too. And we just went on and we're just like, I mean, tears were coming out of our eyes. I she and I was trying to tell her I was like, I was trying to get like Liz is my right hand and she is run, keeping me sane and running things and all of that. And she was leaving to go to a job site to deal with some problems and that kind of thing. Cause we're not locked down here in Florida. Mm -hmm. So, um, and you know, we're being very careful. Our shop is closed and all that sort of thing. But anyway, she was, she was going, I kept, I was saying, I was trying to get it out. Like, okay, Liz, now just stop. Just, you need to be, you just, just, just be careful. Just, I, I don't know. Just be careful. I was trying to tell her like what to like, don't, you know, wipe the door when you go in and wipe you. And, you know, and she's, she's like super smart and 33 years old and amazing, amazing woman. You know, I don't need to be telling her that. And for some reason it just busted us laughing. And so then it made me cough. And then I was sneezing. I had like six sneezes and. Oh my just, goodness. Uh, Anybody looking at you from afar would be like, oh, I am not. Well, that's what happened yeah. in the store. You know, as I was sitting on the floor, ripping open a, a, a case of water to get the water, to get the tickle out of my throat. Cause you know, it's Florida's horrible for allergies and I have the worst ever. And so, you know, and people look at you like you're a nut when you cough these days. I know. I so. feel I feel like even when I'm walking down the street, um, well, the street, like taking a, a walk for my health these days around my neighborhood, I feel like everybody's looking at me like they're yeah. wondering, is she, does she have it? Is she sick? Yeah. Is she sick? Do I need to get around her or anything else? I know it's made us all kind of a little bit, a little bit crazy. I'm, I'm at a, I'm, I'm glad that I had enough time to come home after we had all this happen and calm down a little bit because I was so that I mean, that was funny and good, but I was just like so revved up today, you know, and I have to, I have to kind of like find my Zen or something <laughs> to be able to calm down a little bit because it's, there's so much going on so rapidly and so, so many people and so much, you know, just, well, so and I, I, I want to, I want to talk to you because you're, you're, okay a connector and you are connected to so many people. So when you say so much is going on, so much is going on, it's, it's interesting, right? Because like in, in some ways so much is slowing down, but like, right. then there's the total opposite and that's just how things always are. But you, you have a lot of, you wear a lot of hats and you're connected to a lot of people. So like you're responsible for a lot. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I have a lot. There's a lot. I mean, not, not, you know, there's people that have a lot more than I have on their plates, but yeah, it's, it's, it's not quite the same as, as having your own business and then, you know, uh, not having employees. The having the employee things is a big, it, it weighs heavily on me, the employee thing, because I want to do right by them, but it's very difficult right now to figure out what is right. And I, I am, I'm smarter than your average bear. I mean, really. And I have read, I read the house bill before it was even get sent to the Senate. I, I did that for the tax law too, before I read both the house and the Senate 
then. Mm -hmm. And then, and that was a lot. And so, you know, I just, I like to be, I like to see myself because I don't trust the media that much right now. You Mm -hmm. know, I mean, I, I just, you know, the, the mainstream media, I should say. And, um, and so you just don't know, I mean, you have to watch Fox and you have to watch CNN and you have to watch, you know, uh, your local news and you have to, you have to watch them all because I've caught them all making, you know, blunders, you know? So anyway, it it just, it's the employee thing is hard. And right now it's very difficult to understand exactly what you're supposed to do. And if you're, you know, cause there's that leave thing and that help that is coming up for me on Monday, next Monday, because I have an employee that has to go home and stay with their child. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, okay, what do I do now? Because she's not somebody that can work at home that easily. She can do some work at home, but it's, it's, it's a stressor on me for people working at home because I don't know whether if they're, you know, what they're doing. And I, it's, it's like, it's harder to control. It's more work for me for somebody to be at home and all that. But yet I want to do right by her. And I don't want to send her out in the later off and send her out in the fields of Florida unemployment right now. That's, you know, right. so it's just a lot of, there's a lot of things going on and complicating that is the fact that two of my, two of my employees are my children, you know, my adult children. Right. So, you know, which is, not a bad thing because at least you know I know that they're not sitting in the middle of San Francisco or something with right. no job and no money and no and locked in their house and whatever you know so but but you get what I'm saying yeah. it's just there's a lot of there's just a lot and then try to figure out you know Florida if they're gonna lock us down or not well, yeah so tell see, me you know. so tell me with your design jobs like so you're still going out to to jobs and Tell me about what what's happening there. Yeah, yeah, we we are uh, to a certain degree. I mean, we we've closed our shop a week ago, and um, we even split uh, people up in the shop. So if somebody is working, that they're not around anybody else at all. And um, then we have a, a big cleaning protocol. And then going because to, your studio, your your design studio right. is in the shop. So okay, right, exactly. Our design studio is upstairs, and so um, so then uh, dealing with clients, I mean, we have jobs that are active jobs. We're like contractors in a sense, you know, with many of our jobs and they're, they're in the middle of these jobs. And some of these people have, have loans out there. They're going to come to maturation to, to be able to move in. I'm sure that that won't be a problem, but still there's a lot of decisions that are hanging. You can't just, you, you can't just walk away from a job site right in the middle of it, like drop everything and go, okay, I'm leaving now, right. you know, I mean, but are just, you, um- that's, it's not how, realistic. How are the people that you work with, your clients, the contractors, the subs? I mean, is everybody like, we're working, we are working this? Yeah, pretty pretty much they are. I mean, there's a lot of criticism for that in the state of Florida right now. I'm kind of over the, you know, the spring bake pictures. Again, the media sensationalized that to, to a big degree. I mean, I totally disagree with those people being on the beach, but it was still, you know, it's it, Florida has been under fire because of that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think that, that, uh, for us, you know, you know, in North Florida, we have very few cases right now. Um, I'm sure it's only a matter of time, but, uh, business is kind of not as usual at all. All the bars are closed. The restaurants are closed except for takeout. Um, the mall is closed. Um, there's, there's a lot of stores that have chosen to close. Um, it's mostly the businesses that are open. I see now are either offices, small offices, or cause we're a small city mm-hmm. or, um, very small. Like I have tenants, for example, that are hairdressers. Two of them are hairdressers. Well, they have, it's there, it's a 700 square foot building and they have one client in there at a time. Yes. I don't really see a problem for that, quite frankly. And I know that a lot of people would disagree with that. And, and maybe I'm wrong. I'm certainly no, you know, uh, you know, scientist, um, you know, infectious, or, yeah. yeah, infectious disease person or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, but, uh, 
but I don't see a problem with that. And that keeps those people going, which also keeps them having money to pay me, which helps my business keep going and my personal life and oh, all yeah. that. I mean, it's so a chain, I, a chain. Yeah. And, yep. yeah. And, and I think the problem is, is that a lot of people are not, um, not listening and they, they have to, it's kind of like, you have to have this, uh, global rule, you know, it's even the beaches are closed. Well, I live on the beach and, you know, I am prevented from going across the, the street and walking on the beach at night, which is something I've done many times to kind of, again, get a little perspective and a little Zen yeah. going on. And I can't do that now. Well, I understand that. I understand that they can't say, Oh yeah, Cheryl, because you live out here and you're by yourself and you're a responsible adult that you're going to, you can go out there. They have to make blanket rules. It's the same thing for working and um, staying in place especially in large metropolitan, you know, big cities, like uh, even some of the South Florida cities, you know, mm -hmm. and you, you know, you live there, you yeah. know, what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. And then also um, in New York City and San Francisco and all that, it, it's, it's harder to, to maintain a sense of control when you're, um, when you're in a bigger in a place area. like that. Yeah, no, I feel, right. you know, I'm in isolation here in High Point, And I, I don't think I've been out of my, well, I've been out of the house to get fresh air and to walk around, but I haven't been into an establishment since uh, Thursday. Was the last time that me, I drove. Yeah, yeah, and me, me neither. In the sense of like going, I, I'm going to the grocery store and I'm being very careful there. And uh, but, but I'm also I'm not even getting takeout food because I just don't know. I just don't. The thought of it just doesn't really like having to, you know. Even the other day, I got gas today, and I was going to go in and get something to drink because I was very thirsty. And I thought, you know what? I, I looked at that door handle and I thought, you know what? I think I'll just wait until we get back to the shop and I'll go into my own refrigerator and get something. You know, I just didn't want to have to think about it. I'm just distracting through work. You know, I, I, I go on yeah. Facebook. I go on your group. I go on Veronica's group. I go on interior design community and we're all like kind of up there. I do that and I'm trying to close my April issue and, and do my podcast and, and, um, and once this, once Friday rolls around, then I'll sort of be like, okay, you know, now. Well, I think, I think to me, the sense of having some sense of normalcy, even if you're working from home is really important, you know, getting up, getting dressed, you know, doing what you need to do to be able to have that sense of normalcy is really good for your, for your, um, your brain. And I try to stay very positive and, and I'm an action person. So yes, for me, are. the, um, the, you know, but that doesn't mean that I don't have, like, I told a friend of mine the other day, I said, I have bipolar anxiety, you know, one minute I'm, I'm like on top of the world and I'm going to, you know, find a cure for this whole thing myself personally, you know, by cleaning out, you know, my, my cupboards and my, and all the paper and my, I'm going to find a cure. There's a cure in there somewhere. I'm gonna find. <laughs> and then the next minute is, you know, is, um, you know, uh, you know, like, oh my God, like, is this like the end of the world? Are we, you know, so mm -hmm. I have this sort of big swing of, um, of emotions with yes. it. And the only way that I can handle that is to have some sense of normalcy, and then also putting my energies towards helping other people. And so if I can try to do that, it, it's been a, it's always been a, a thing, you know, well, it's always yeah. been, if, if, if a client really upsets me or, or I get really up, you know, in a tizzy about a client or a sub or whatever, the things that happen to us every week, I tend to try to balance out the, the, the world and my little mind, you know, of, of the karma of trying to then do something positive for somebody else. Right. And I started doing that many years ago and it's really been kind of a, a good thing for me because it keeps me from, you know, going down the, uh, down sure. the, because I, I tend to be somebody who would be like, that's not fair. You know, that person shouldn't have done that. They shouldn't have treated my sub that way. They were so rude. I'm going to give them a piece of my mind. And not that I don't 
sometimes give right. me a piece of my mind also. <laughs> you know? Yes. Don't, don't say I'm not, I'm not that good, but, but I have learned to handle my own personality uh, like that as type A personality by, by kind of going, okay, you know, I'm not going to say I can't deal with it or whatever, because that, that would be lying to myself, but to, but that I can, that I can go and do something positive for somebody else. Even sometimes in the group, a couple of months ago, I did this. I said, Hey, you know, I've had a rough day. It's been like that. I'm going to send out, I want to send out a gift to somebody. Uh, you know, let's have some great ideas for XXX. Mm -hmm. Tell me what it is. I'm going to pick one and I'm going to send you a gift, you know, and I've, I've done that periodically, um, in the group. It's been a great thing because then you're helping somebody else and it just kind of recenters me and sort of a, I hate to get all woo woo. Cause I'm not really that I'm pretty practical. I'm not really a woo woo kind of person in general, but, but it, but it, but it works. But it does. Know? No, I, yeah. I think when you, when you find purpose and helping others and it kind of takes the focus off of your own stuff, it's, it feels really good. The important thing I think overall for, for our industry and for people that are facing this, because we're not, you know, essential, so to speak um, in some ways, uh, but it, you, you have to, you have to find that, that purpose or that sort of the thing that's going to your coping mechanism. And, and at, to me, it always has to be, you know, a positive coping mechanism. I've got, you know, enough alcoholism and, and things like that in my, in my extended family to, to, you know, write several books about it. So for me, that's, you know, it's never been something that you go down that path, like a lot of people do. And that, and that worries me greatly yes. for a lot of people right now. Um, but I think if people can take that same energy and then put it towards uh, something different and, and bigger than them and outside of themselves, get outside of themselves and try to help somebody. And if you can do it as a win, 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 you know, that's even better, you know, thing to do, totally. uh, but, but just, just getting out of it and trying to, to think about it, but it's, but I think people tend to be hard on themselves too. Cause I know I'm hard on myself when I have my cycles up and down. And usually my husband's the only one who really sees that, or maybe Liz or something, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll see that side when I'm cycling and going, okay, like, Seriously, and my husband looked at me and go, "Turn the news off, Cheryl. You've got to turn the news yeah. off. You yeah. cannot. You know, it's still going to be there later on. You know, they're not going to shut everything down. You know, like in five minutes or something. You know, you you will have time. You know, to go I, to the store. I have had to whatever, shut the news yeah. off. Yeah, I, right, I, right. So that that helps yeah. me a lot. Yeah, I'll find like, I mean, I'll put MSNBC on for a while, and and then I start to feel anxious, and um, I'm like, nope. And then I'll put, yeah. you know, something on for the background while, you know, we stay up till no one, two, three o'clock in the morning doing all the stuff that we didn't get done <laughs> during the day. Or, right. Oh, yes. Tell me about it. I, I know, honey, you were my time yesterday much better. And I didn't. I watched way too much news. Well, listen, you know? I want to. OK, I want to talk about a couple things that you're that you're okay. up to right now. And okay. um, the and just it, it feeds into just what we've been talking about, which is helping others. And, um, you know, there's this group of like total rocking designers that have their Facebook groups. And, you know, I'm talking about you and Veronica Solomon and Claire Jefford. And you got together and you're offering what is called the Designer Reset 2020. And you're picking yes. somebody for that t tonight or tomorrow? Or actually, something? actually, we, we're going to move it to um, Wednesday because we've had such an outpouring of it. And um, so we're going to move it to Wednesday. Plus, Claire wanted to do like a little live about it tomorrow. And Ooh. today turned out to be very busy for me. So I thought, you know what? I mean, cause I picked Tuesday out of my butt anyway, you know, I, didn't have a reason <laughs> for it. So I was like, I don't know. Tuesday sounds well, good. You, you know? know, 
I feel like right now, like things can switch. Like I'm not, I'm not, not being rigid on anything, you know, Tuesday. All right. Oh, well, yeah. is anybody really going to matter? So, okay. So tell, yeah, tell, exactly. tell us about what it is. Okay. Well, it's just, it's really simple. It's not, it's really not that big of a deal. It truly isn't. It's just, um, you know, it was, it was my idea and it was, you had asked sort of a, a poignant question in, in your, um, your little preview of the, of the questions about this. And it was about was it spontaneous or it had been brewing. Well, it was uh, based on this this sort of reset um, idea that I had at the Kitchen and Bath show, uh, based on seeing a couple of people that I thought were struggling, and I thought, how can I help them? And gosh, I'm so busy, I'm so busy, and all that. But how? But how can I still help them? And so I had asked several um, notable, you know, women and uh, people, really men too, um, in the business, that hey, would you did you take some time and and work with somebody if, if we if we selected somebody that really needed this and, and really just kind of help them get through that, that like a 30 day period, you know, like, mm-hmm. let's just look at one day at a time kind of thing. So then I got back and I got busy and, and I got sick and I, I'm convinced that I had the damn virus. I think that once I start t- talking to people about the antibodies, it'll, it'll come out. A lot of us um, got sick at kitchen and bath show very badly. Mm. So it, so it kind of it got tabled. And so when this came up, I thought how, again, just where I was telling you a minute ago, it's like how, okay, I need to focus my energies right now, or I'm going to make not only everybody around me crazy, because I can be a whirling dervish, as you might imagine, Mm -hmm. but it's, but also my own mental, you know, sanity. And so I said, Hey, you know, Veronica, do you want to do this? You know, are you interested? And and, and so did, um, and Claire said, fine too. I don't know if they'll want to continue on with it. I think Veronica probably will. I don't Mm -hmm. know if if Claire will or not. We haven't talked about it. Because you're thinking of of this being something that continues. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Exactly. Something that that we do and we pick different products or we, we have different, I don't know, ways of, of selecting or whatever. So, uh, so anyway, that's what I did. And I said, and Veronica, they both jumped on and said, totally. I mean, like without even like a half a minute, without me even explaining it very well, it was voice texting. So I don't even know how they understood. Right. So, so <laughs> who, the knows th- what they, who knows what they were promising, you know, me to do. So um, the three of but, you uh, claim a certain area of, of helping this, this person? Well, yeah, we just, what we're doing is it's not in coaching. We're doing it in products we already have written. So it's really, you know, not a hard thing for us to do. Um, but it is, you know, it is part of our, our, you know, all of our, um, you know, uh, revenue streams, you mm-hmm. know, it's, it's certainly an important part, but, uh, you know, Claire wanted to do her, um, uh, you know, Facebook, I mean, no, not Facebook, um, uh, video for profits. And then Veronica said she would do her, um, uh, price, pricing for profits, or I forget the name, which one, one she's doing, but mm-hmm. one, something like that. And so then I, I have several things out there, products out there and, uh, they're, you know, of different sizes. So I, uh, I was, actually wise and what I did was I, I picked the one that I am not quite finished with but need to finish oh good <laughs> yes that's where I like see this is what I am I'm always got I'm always working it from all angles Jane you mm-hmm. know? yeah so, you know I was like okay because you know what if you plan a party you get your house clean don't you you exactly. know so that's that's the way I did it. so I said okay I'm gonna do locking down the lead because I think it's really we have a really good system and I think it's really gonna be helpful for people so then we just put it out there I, I made a quick canva we put it out there, boom, and um, you know it's been it's been good. It's it's a simple thing. This is not we are not this is not a big deal that we're doing at all. It really isn't. It's just that it's something that we can do, and I think um, all three of us are helper type personalities. You know, we're all very different, and we have very different businesses, the three of us. But we're all share the um, helper kind of gene or whatever that wants mm-hmm. to to help in some way. And this is a very easy way to help. This is easy, and so I. I told them I would be in charge of getting all the, the, the 
the people that want to do it because I need stuff for my team to do right now so I can continue to pay them. This is good. This is again, another win. So I, Sam is getting it all together and then we're going to, then we're going to select somebody and, um, and hopefully it'll be a good thing. And it, and it's good for us too. Let's, let's be realistic. It's good for us too, because we're talking about it. So it's making other people aware that we have these products out there. Right. So can, so, can I just know, ask so you something? I, I'm, I, I just want to talk about your products because, because I'm not a designer, um, even though I, I, your products are like PDFs, um, worksheets. What are your products that yes, you or courses or anything at all like that? You know, everybody has these these kind of things um, coming up now. I mean, you know, I shouldn't say coming up now. I mean, I've been I've been buying things like this for a long time. Uh, but um, but yeah, they they're it depends. Um, Veronica's, I believe, is a course. Um, I think Claire's might be also the courses you can do through Teachable or. Um, there's a couple of more, but Teachable is the one that comes to my mind, uh, where you can do a course and put it out there for anything that you have in your brain, you know, mm-hmm. that um, anybody could do this. The, the key is, though, is you have to market it. Just like an e-commerce store, you have to get it out there in some way or another. Um, and so that's the thing, you know. It's, so tell it's, me, you know. so, so, okay, let's talk about yours. Your, so uh-huh. locking down the lead. So yeah. can you just summarize what that is yeah yeah it's just it, it's really just it's mine is is done in a, in a guide sort of format it's almost 100 pages but it's set up very bite-sized nugget I, I set it up for how I learn which is um like you know nuggets of information and and like uh actionable steps mm-hmm. things like that so it's very well laid out in the sense it's outlined there's an outline and it's like here's this is what we're going to do then we're going to do this and then I also have um scripts in there so uh, you know, I have, I'm including like an email, um, because I think people learn this way. A lot of the designers that I consult with, um, I will help them rewrite emails to, to clients. I just had one today that, that emailed me and said, you know, thank you so much for helping me with this problem. She had made a mistake on something. And I said, go to your client. This is what you need to say mm-hmm. and, and do it this way and blah, blah, blah. And she said, the client was totally cool about it and everything worked out really well. But, but I do that a lot, so I thought this would be helpful to include in this guide is sort of a, um, you know, the, the follow-up emails we do. Right. Um, so it's not just the procedure. It's actually things that people can see how we say it. You know, this is how Communication. we raise it. Yes, because I'm a big believer in positioning and positioning from the day at the beginning. So when I start this locking down the lead, it starts, no one's going to guess this, but it starts at your website. Because that's really where you start locking down the lead is in how you're positioning your website and your website messaging. So I start with that. I go through key points of that. And then it goes through um, five modules, I guess, whatever you want to call it. I hate that word of uh, the first phase. And then the second phase is the actual getting to the initial consultation. So basically, I'm walking people from the fact of somebody calling us to the time that we go and um and we set up a, a meeting and we charge for all of our, all of our consultations mm-hmm. and they are not design consultation. Um, I do talk about if some designers do that. A lot of designers do that. And I talk about that to some degree um, in this, but most of it is uh, we do projects that we come back and we assess the, we go out and assess the diagnose the patient is really what we do. Okay. And, uh, and we have one today. It was a kitchen and um, we go out there and we talk about it. We, we find out the, the parameters and all that. And people pay us, you know, a fair amount of money, especially considering we're in Pensacola, 
to do this, for us to come back and give them a cogent scope of work and a fee for doing the work that we're talking about, give them very specific deliverables mm-hmm. on this is what we're going to choose. So we do flat fees. So it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a time to talk to them, to diagnose the patient, to see what's going on, to observe the site. Um, and I, I talk a lot about a lot of things. I don't, I don't hide things from people. Like if I say to someone today, I said, well, you know, my suggestion would be that we fur this wall out for blah, 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 blah reasons. I don't, I don't hide that because they're paying me to be out there, but I, but we don't go in with the expectation of doing design work per se. And we make this very clear. It's clear on the phone. And I have, I have a lot of frequently asked questions, uh, like pretending like from the client perspective and then we answer them in this in this guide so people can say you know because all the time people say well the client says xxx well here's what you say back to them about it right and uh so we have that in there but it it goes through all of that sort of thing um of uh talking about it but 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 we make it very clear to people and you know what jane we don't have any problem with it Mm -hmm. we have we really don't and we're in we're in pensacola okay we're like in you know lower georgia you know what i mean so it's not like a uh, we're in a, a metropolitan city or something that that people are used to paying so much more for things, and we charge between four seventy five to five fifty depending on where you are. Mm-hmm. So that's it's a it's a chunk of change, yeah. you mm-hmm. know, if you, considering what e design costs and that sort of thing. Um, and we don't have anybody that you know that has a problem with it. I mean, do we close one hundred percent of those initial calls? No, but we get probably five or six a week. So I don't expect well, to yeah. to do that. You know, we qualify them on the phone. So anyway, it goes through a lot of that and a lot of it's the, the mindset and, and um, you know, of what to say and how to say it. And my, my thing when people ask if they if they ever say, uh, like if they come in the shop and then someone's talking to them about design, they say, oh, well, you charge to come out because, you know, contractors don't and that sort of thing. Right. And my comment is always with a very sweet smile and, and, you know, that sort of thing is, you know, I would be doing this all day, every day if I did not charge for that. Mm-hmm. I would never have admit to get any real work done. Never. Right. So, and, and you know what, that stops people in their tracks. It's like the, there is no comeback to that. Right. There is no comeback. No, there's not anything. And so, you know, there's designers that don't believe in charging. That's been a little bit of a thing lately. Um, I think that's craziness. You know, I would, I would not, I would not do that because there's no reason not to do it. I think some people assume that everybody goes out to actually do design work right. when they're doing that. And there's nothing wrong with that, by the way. It's not how we operate. If we do, it's a different product. So I just tell people, if you are going to do that, if you're going to say, okay, I'm going to take my paint decks and I'm going to do that and I'm going to do all this, then you charge That's a much higher a, mm-hmm. fee yes. for that. It's a different product and you market it differently. So that's the thing that people, they that's the aha moment there for a lot of designers. When I talk to them, they're like, oh yeah, yeah okay, you're right. It's So it's going to be marketed different. It's going to look different. It's got different deliverables on that particular meeting. So all of that just really goes into it. And I think it's, a lot of retraining your mind to look at things a little differently. Sure, sure. How did you get, um, when did you start your design business? 20 years ago. And did you make a lot of mistakes? <laughs> oh, are you kidding me? Like all of them, <laughs> you name it. Yeah, I mean, there's not very many that I don't, I can think of that I haven't made, really. Yeah. I mean, you're I just, mean, I, really, I, I, I have, just, even before we haven't, didn't really know each other. Um, and I just kept seeing your, your name pop up responding to people 
online, you know, I was like, this woman is, she's cool. You know, she's sassy. <laughs> and, yeah. and well, I am that. Yeah. How did you get, I mean, I know you, well, you, I forget what you called yourself just a few minutes ago, but um, you've, you've called yourself a little bit of like the rebel, the rebel designer. Like, is it cause you oh, yeah. just speak your mind, you're unfiltered or what, it, what is it? Yeah, probably. I, I guess so. I think it's just my personality. I'm a firstborn child and you know, have a, have a mother that's sort of rebellious also. So I probably just, I think, you know, I was a breech baby. I, she blames everything on that. She says I'm, I'm that way. Cause I came up, came out upside down or, or, you know, doing it my way right from the beginning. So that that's what I was going to do. But um, so I think <laughs> I, I've always been pretty um, independent, an independent thinker. I'm independent on politics. Mm -hmm. I regularly piss people off on both sides of the fence, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> on any given day I am, I am, you know, uh, you know, pissing off conservatives and on the next day I'm pissing off liberals, you know, it just, it just kind of depends because I, I, um, uh, you know, I'm just, that's just the way I think. Um, but so I think it's just, it's, and it's part of our brand too. I will say that, that we had a branding company years ago come in and do a lot of interviews with clients and interviews with the employees and all that. And, um, that came out that we're sort of, uh, you know, the rebel, the magician, um, that sort of thing that we're looking for the magic, we're going to create the magic and, and we're going to go against the norm. And, mm -hmm. and I think part of my personality is a little um, contentious probably anyway, but it's also about challenging the status quo of how things are done. And, and I think that my, if I had one like platform or if I was to run for office, which I never could, cause I have way too many skeletons, but <laughs> if I would, it would be like this critical thinking sort of platform. Meaning I think that, that people don't, aren't taught anymore how to critically think, how to strategically think and critical think out of a problem. Mm -hmm. And so it's something that, uh, that I've worked with my kids about a lot. It's something I work on my team about. And we, it's, it's painful sometimes because I, it'd be easier for me just to tell them how to do it. And I, I don't, agree. I just, I want them to, it, it's just like, you, you've got to do it on yourself. You've got to figure it out. Like, you know, and I ask a lot of questions, like, what were you thinking when you did this? Okay. So this, this was, this is okay. It was, a, it was not a good judgment call, but let, let, tell me how you were thinking and what you were thinking about when you made this decision so that I can then go back and we can stop the, stop the, the tape running. And I can say, okay, this is where you veered off the path of not thinking about it. And I think sometimes people just have gotten too complacent and accepting of things. Even now, you know, it, it, I could spend all day, every day, listening and researching and reading and I hear a term I don't know and then looking it up and trying to figure out like what does that mean and studying the the old you know the, the Spanish flu and the different things and really you know not just listening to what I'm hearing and absorbing it but actually then turning and taking that information and turning it around and I think that that's the that's the thing that that is a big deal to me is the is how to how to think through a problem and what I try to teach people, you know, that in my firm and, and designers I work with too, is but how to, how to really do that. And I think all of us can, I mean, I'm a constant learner, so, you know, it's a constant thing, but, but yeah, so I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a little, a little sassy, a little rebellious, a little, you know, obnoxious, whatever, just all those things, all those things put together. Designers, Hal's is excited to announce a brand new initiative focused on serving your specific needs as design pros. Hal's Pro is a new pro-exclusive destination where you can access new tools, education, and analytics to take your business to the next level. You're invited to explore Hal's Pro, which includes the brand new CRM tool to manage client inquiries, marketing to build your company brand, plus 
Ivy, the incredibly popular designer software for managing your business. Learn more at pro.house.com. All right, I want to talk about your um, your trade program and how long okay. it's been in existence and um, who are you like who are you serving? Yeah, our trade program is is based from our retail brick and mortar store, and uh, it is to serve designers. Um, and I and I do qualify it for because I don't I really don't want to have to deal with designers of just starting out on their own. I, I need someone to have at least a year of experience to get their feet wet mm-hmm. um, because you know we offer good pricing and that sort of thing. And I just don't want to have to do much, too much handholding on that. Um, but it's, uh, it's been around, I guess, maybe, oh, I guess almost a year now that we really rolled it out, uh, to some degree. And it came uh, originally to help the designers I was consulting with. That's how it was born. And then it kind of took off a little bit. And so I, I just kept, you know, uh, opening it up and we are, we are trying to be the back of the house for smaller designers, meaning that we are going to take care of the ordering. We're going to take care of sending me the memos and then sort of like a little mini design assistant, you know, behind the scenes for, for busy designers that are, but that are solo, that don't have a lot of assistance right. on that. Plus there's, you know, always, if someone calls and says, I want to order a red X, Y, Z, then we're going to order it for you. But if someone calls and says, Hey, you know, um, you know, did, what do you know about this product? Or what do you know about that product? I'm going to tell them what I really think. Cause that's what I do. I tell people what I really think. And, um, and so it's, it's, you know, kind of works that way. We have a, a, a kind of a cool system because we've, put all the client all the um, vendors rather on a Trello board so each one there's a there's a list for each one and we've actually done the work to provide the warranties and all of these types of things that people should be giving to their clients mm-hmm. I don't think they always do but they should and you know any specials uh, how do you order memos you know everything that they would need to know is all right there and then I have one uh, person at the shop that is the concierge for all of this so she is the person who can price it for you if you don't want to do it yourself um, the tools are there to do it yourself for the majority of the lines. And, um, but if they don't want to, you know, do the math or whatever on themselves, we're certainly happy to price things. And, um, you know, it's been a nice little revenue deal. It's, it's a, it's kind of an authorized trade program, meaning that I have a brick and mortar store. Right. And, uh, so the vendors that I put out there are vendors that I have very good relationships with, yes. which is very important when there's a problem and, um, you know, and, and or even needing deals or something. I mean, I know where the bodies are buried with a lot of these. Sure. So, yeah. When did you, well, you, you said you've been in design for 20 years and when did you open your shop? Um, Well, I've had a shop, I had a retail shop uh, after about a year and a half. And then that was more little things. We have little things now too, but that was more little things. And I really, it really was extremely successful, but it was not, I could not, I'd had no good help. I had no really strong um second in command like i do now and which is mm-hmm. really essential thus that book i sent you right and um rocket you know, fuel was, by the way rocket mm-hmm. yeah rocket fuel. Yep. it's a great book and um so it just really didn't work very well and we so we've had the shop then then i got out of that uh part of it and then we worked at a couple of so we've we've had a shop per se for a long time what i started doing though in 2008 2009 um apparently i was clueless in, the, in our small town that there was a recession going on. I don't know. Or maybe I just ignored it. I'm not really sure. But uh, but I decided to to lease a bigger building and take on a, a three-year lease with a lot for a lot of money and all that and, and to uh, open up the furnishing side mm-hmm. of it. Previous that we had done the small things, then we got out of that. Then we 
did mostly uh, knobs, handles, plumbing, you know, fixtures like that that were more kitchen and bath related. And then we expanded. Um, we started in 2008, but really it was like 2009, maybe the very beginning of 2010 that we moved because I built out the building the way I wanted. It was an old building, so I built it out. Mm-hmm. And then uh, and then we started that. And um, then we just never really looked back. I did not. I will say one upside to to anybody that cares about this is that at that time I was able to negotiate deals that were heretofore not available to me because there was a recession going on. Right. And I think that that will be the case now too. So while I love it when people buy us through things in our trade program, if someone comes to me with an order or something, I think that they can go direct or if I can ultimately help them establish a direct account, uh, then I certainly will. That's why we put an emphasis on the service because we are, providing a service. I had, um, you know, uh, my friend Carla, uh, at, um, at that dinner, we, I saw you at Mm -hmm. Theodore Alexander said to me, um, gosh, heck, I would, if I was still doing a lot of that, you know, I I would do that in a heartbeat just so I didn't have to worry about it all. Also, if you just don't want, say it's, it's a, it's a a Vanguard, uh, sofa that you really love and your client loves, but you really don't want to invest in the Vanguard line yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe you carry other lines, but you just don't want to do that one. Then that, a trade uh, program like we have an authorized trade program is really a good option for that because then you can um, you can you can buy that one off and not have to worry about uh, right so it yourself so then do you, you have a courtesy for the trade when they come in and and fill out forms you yes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yes we do we give them obviously a, a much better price than than a retail price because they are they're basically doing the order for us we're not having to do you know, much work on that. And, right. and over time, you hope that there's volume there to make it worthwhile. Well, you know? yeah, I mean, you're a great, uh, I used to work for a designer in West Palm Beach, and he purchased most, most everything through retail stores, because, um, you know, they, he, they gave him a, a, a nice discount, they helped so much with with the order, I mean, you know, just tracking yeah. it and all and, you know, receiving exactly. it and all that and, and scheduling and right. it was the headache he didn't want, you know, Right, right, exactly. And there's two points to that. One, we, we always, we make sure, we let people know, we follow up after the sale to make sure that you received it and everything's in good, 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 you know, everything's cool. But we also, we call every Thursday on all open purchase orders. We have done it, you know, forever. We will do it. This, this virus will not keep us from doing that. I can guarantee you somebody will do it, be doing it from home if they can't do it from the shop. And we have done doing that for probably at least 10 or 11 years. Um, well, I guess almost maybe the first year I started because it's so important to know that where that purchase order is in the pipeline, especially now. And then the other thing is, is that I'm a very solid, well-capitalized business. I've been in my community forever. You can Google me for like probably 15 or 16 pages. I'm not going anywhere. Mm -hmm. Your money is safe because think about it. A designer has to give you money up front. Like we don't order anything unless it's paid for. So you're taking your client's money and you're giving it to somebody. You damn well better make sure that you trust that person and that you have vetted them, you know, and, and understand, you know, where they're coming from and understand what kind of business. I can guarantee you that a lot of designers do not do that. They do not know. They think it's okay just because somebody has an account, they must be, they must be okay. Right. right? You know, they, but, but don't do that. You know, make sure that you vet your, your people, you know, that you're giving money to, because that's your client's money. You need to be a good steward of it and make sure that's where we have a, a strong, uh, you know, position because I've been around for so long sure. and, and this, that same position will help us after this, this virus mess is, is over with, 
because again, we've been around for a long time and people are going to once again be concerned about who they're putting their money with because they want to make sure that you are solid. And we are, you know, a very well capitalized, you know, business. I own my own building, you know, I own three buildings on the property. You know, we're not big. We're not a, a huge outfit. You know, I've got six, six and a half people, you know, close to $2 million in revenue. So we're not, we're not a big business, but we're a smaller you know, smaller, we're not a micro business, I guess, is the best mm-hmm. way to put that. And, and and those things are are important to pay attention to when you're giving the money out. Also to that, it also is the confidentiality. I, I, I not only do I ask for non, a non-disclosure agreement for any designer that signs up with us, right. but I give them a mutual non-disclosure. So I'm, I'm signing it too, saying, I'm also not going to talk about your business. The same way you're not going to talk about mine, I'm not talking about your business either. Mm-hmm. You know. So unless you give me permission to, to a vendor, like if you right. say, Cheryl, you know, you know, the people that CR Lane, can you run some interference with me and help me get this account, whatever, whatever, you know, or something like that, you know, I'm not up, but you get my point. Yes. Then I would say, well, yeah, I will. If you give me, release me from the non-disclosure agreement and tell me it's okay to talk about it. Right. So those, those things to me are important. And a lot of, you know, there are a lot of good authorized trade programs out there. There's a lot that aren't, aren't as good in my opinion. What is a buying group? Okay, a buying group that is um, the kind of ones that I've talked about before, and that's been a very well-known fact about how I feel about them, uh, is a, um, a consortium of designers that are um, pooling their accounts. So designer A, B, and C, like say, you know, Jane, you you did a lot with, um, I don't know, CR Lane or something, okay. uh, you know, years ago, and you have that account, even though you don't have a brick and mortar store. And so you're then passing on your uh your discount at, with a with a with a surcharge to to the other people in that group, okay. So you are the account holder, and that you are buying buying for them. them, or okay. Yes, you're buying for them. So that's not that violates the terms and conditions for most vendors, first of all, and um, and second of all, it's 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 a risky proposition in my opinion because uh, and this is all you know obviously my opinion. Yes. At um, because they are uh, you know you don't know. You really don't have a vested interest or a contract with that with that vent with that account holder. You know, you are just using them to be able to get this account. And the reason they want to do it is just to keep their numbers up. Well, there's a lot of things that suffer there because I know my lines. I only put the lines out that I know very well. And you can a, a designer can ask me any question they want, and I will find out the answer for them. But you can't do that when you're making no margin. If you're making very little margin, that that account holder doesn't have the time, especially if they're small to be able to do that for somebody. And that's not representing the product well to the designer um, and ultimately then to the client, to the consumer. It's it's just not a great way to do business, I think, for anybody. And there's nobody to hold, there's nobody to hold accountable. Like in other words, the people that are putting the buying groups together, and I'm sure they're good people right. and all of that. Like yeah. I don't know them personally mm-hmm. at all. I'm sure they're great. I that's not even a, you know, I'm sure they are. It, that's not that's not what I'm here to say is that anything I think that the system is not good is what I'm trying to say not the people that are right. in the system right the the system of doing business I think is not good for designers and uh, so but you don't have anything to go back to like so you that person is the one who's organizing this group and maybe they have accounts in this in this pool of accounts also but you aren't actually you don't have any recourse except to go back to that account holder and if you're not being smart about it then you don't you can have a problem. And, and recently there was an issue with that exact thing. That exact thing happened. 
and uh, you know, I've seen the information on it firsthand. This isn't hearsay. And uh, and some people, um, at least at that time, a couple of weeks ago, it might have been resolved by now. You know, had sent money to somebody, and then they couldn't get a hold of the person anymore. Mm-hmm. And right now, if I would, if I had my money with a with in an account holder situation right now, um, and 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 with all this that's going on, I would be that would make me a little nervous, you know, right. it just would make me a little nervous. But again, a lot of that to me, this is my opinion. Yes. Um, you know, there's several other people that feel the same way about it. This is nothing personal mm-hmm. with anybody. It's not about the people. It is totally about this system. I don't think is good business. And as you know, the, the business of it is my, is your jam. Is my mantra. Mm-hmm. You know, that's my, that's my thing is the, it's yeah. the business end of it. A lot of times the consumer is hurt and then, and then retailers are hurt. So, you know, retailers, you know, as a general rule are not, you know, going to stand for this, you know, bigger retailers than me. And I've had people, the, the, how this all happened that I got involved in the first place with this and even understood it is because I had several designers come in and shop my store and they came in and, you mm-hmm. know, and used my people's time and they did the whole thing and they do it. And in some of these groups I have seen and, and got, you know, screenshots of that are, people doing that that are people still doing that that they're going into stores they don't think it's a problem to go into bigger stores they they maybe they would feel worse about going to my store two two designers didn't but maybe somebody else would and uh and taking pictures and then sourcing it through the group well you know what i just think that's wrong as a retailer and Mm -hmm. that is that is really goes against the fabric of the way we do business if you can't pay to play then what makes you have the right or makes you feel entitled you think you can then go and do that. These retailers have spent, including myself, a lot of money. I have $150,000 worth of inventory that I own on mm-hmm. uh, sitting right there right now that can't even be sold. That can't even be sold except for, you know, me reaching out yes. to people, you know, which I'm doing. And, you know, we actually sold quite a bit last week just by doing that. But, but I can't, I can't open my doors right now. And, and that's an investment I made. And I, it, it's offensive to me that other people think that they, deserve that right to it, especially when there's trade programs like mine and others that just for a little bit more of a margin, you are actually getting such a better deal overall and you're doing the right thing as opposed to kind of circumventing the system. I hear you. Yeah. Anyway, that's the, that's the long and short of that. Last week, I spoke to Veronica Solomon and I know that you two are, are colleagues and close and I felt really badly because on my show, on my show, on this podcast, <laughs> I, I when I when I show? when I introduce people, I do like to pick somebody in the industry who knows that person from a different angle and have them say something about my my guest. And I don't know, I th- I think I just got overwhelmed. I just couldn't do it in time. So, um, I I so I would love if you. I told Veronica like I am gonna make this up to you. And then I thought, well, you guys are close. Can you tell me something? Yeah. Tell us, tell the world sure. something special about Veronica Solomon, who oh, she yeah. is to you. We, yeah. we would have to have a whole nother show for me to really go on about Veronica. Okay. Okay. So she, I mean, really would, but yeah, Veronica is a magical, amazing woman. She really is. And I don't, I don't pass out those kinds of words easily. I'm, I'm tough, you know, I am really tough. <laughs> And so I, I don't, I just don't say it very often. And I just have to say, she's been a, a, become a very good personal friend of mine, but also as a leader in the industry and her caring nature and her, her attitude towards people is really inspiring and inspires me. Honestly, it inspires me every day that, you know, sometimes I'm more of a like, damn it, they shouldn't do that. Just forget it. You know, that's the wrong way to do it. And she's a little more, well, you know, let's look at it this way. She just has a different perspective sometimes that I really 
I really admire and I've learned a lot from her in that in that sense. I think we've we've learned a lot both from each other, and it's been a really it's been a really good uh, friendship. We're very um, we're very close. Uh, just the other day, she she emailed me um, and and said I was thinking about you last night. I couldn't sleep. I just really was thinking about you and how hard this is for you with your shop. You, I know you love your shop so much, and I know it's got to be weighing heavy on you, and you're still you know, doing other things for other people and all that. But yet I know this is, and I just want you to know I'm here for you. I'm praying for you. And it just, it really, it meant so much to me. I just, it makes me tear up even thinking mm-hmm. about it. It was just a random out of the, out of the blue, but Veronica is, is just, she's just a top notch person and, and an amazing businesswoman. I mean, truly amazing businesswoman. And again, I, I just don't put those words out there uh, lightly. So, you know, I just, I really would have to have an entire show devoted to Veronica to be able to go into how great I really think that she is, okay, Jane. We'll because schedule she... that. On a personal note, you are a collector of vintage barware, something that yes. not everybody necessarily knows. Um, when, like, tell me about your obsession with barware. When you start? Oh collecting? gosh, it started probably I would say probably at least thirty years ago in California when I lived there, and I've just always had a fascination for it. I think it's the era and that sort of thing too that has just always been uh, exciting for me. I just really, I just really love it, and it's vintage glass in general and and other vintage pieces too, but mostly from that uh, '40s to '60s. Um, uh, range of, of time. So it's not just barware. It's my, one of my obsessions right now is, uh, is West German pottery mm, from the sixties. Yes. Just love, love, love. And I, I get kind of sad when I sell it at the shop and, and they hide it from me. They hide it when they, when they, when they make a sale, I'll be like, later I'll be going, where, where's that set that was over here? And right. Like, oh my gosh. Cheryl noticed it was gone. You know? because we sold that i'm like what do you mean you sold it i ripped off the price tag so no one would buy it no did you did you collect this have you been you've been collecting for 30 years do you still um you know find good deals on this type Uh, no it's hard yeah yeah it's it's really hard you have to know what you're doing i i um employ several spotters um and have off and on over the years um and they they will you have to make quick decisions because they will text me things. They will send me things and I have to make very quick decisions. I have at one time had even a credit card on file with some of them because I've trusted them so much right. so that when they're out looking, they can buy for me because I have to buy it in order to be able to sell it at a, at a better price. I have to be able to buy it at a reasonable. So I buy auction lots. I'll buy certain things. I, I've learned how to do it. The, the key is knowing what you're looking for. Yeah. You know, really you have to know, you have to know what you're looking for. And I have so many of the old original catalogs. So I've studied those and, and really I understand I can, I can't always tell you the pattern or something right off the top of my head. I can tell you whether I know it. A lot of times I can tell you the, the manufacturer, but um, you just have to be able to, uh, to really know what you're doing and what you're talking about um, in order to be able to buy it well. But yeah, the prices have definitely um, gone up quite a bit in the last uh, few years. My husband said that we bought that building for was to house my vintage glass, glass collection. collection. Yeah. I, so that's what, you know, happened. I love the um, glass vases that are like orange and blue and that are really tall yes. and like, Oh, I've got a, I've got a great one, orange one right now. I've yeah. Big, tall, the Viking, the slung, slung sort of vases are um, the Viking made a lot of those then and Blanco and Blanco. Yeah. Um, mm. It's, it's, it really is relaxing for me. Like I will read the, I've got so many books in the catalogs and all that, that I will go through and read them. And I get in different phases, you know, sometimes I'm in a, like right now I'm into this West German pottery phase, you know, but if I, if something good comes along with glass, then I always, um, I always buy it because I know that we'll sell it through the shop. But, but, you know, here's the thing. 
it differentiates my store. So it's yes. a, it's a great thing. And I love it when people come in and they look at like a museum. So now I have the coolest pieces of paper history. Cause that's another one of my things that I like. And I've, I've framed them and I've actually just brought a lot of them home. So over this time frame that I could, what do you mean paper history? What do you mean? Well, like, like, for example, very early texting, you know, telegrams, mm-hmm. um, war ration bonds. I even have, when I went to London a few years ago with, uh, Veronica Modanus, um, I got, uh, a, uh, this, a, a piece of ger- a German passbook, a work passbook, which is kind of sick history, but it's still part of our history mm-hmm. and, um, has all this, the little stamps they had to do to work and all that in there. So I have that, I have, um, a Barnum and Bailey, uh, old, old, um, program. So it's anything that's historical that is paper, right? You know, okay. I have like little, like even tiny little pieces of paper, like old, uh, um, uh, 1900, uh, you don't want to know how much these things cost then 1900s, um, receipts that are beautiful. Mm-hmm. They're just absolutely stunning. Like these beautiful receipts that are just, well, they're handwritten, things. right? They're handwritten. Yes. Yes. Yeah. But even the printing part of it is, is beautiful. Mm. Like they little, you know, they're just, they're just so, they're so pretty and, and nice. And so, um, so I have these all throughout my shop. Also a lot of old car catalogs, which is really kind of cool with the, for the guys. They love that. Yes. Um, but I have, I have it all through my shop. So I love it when people come in and just want to look around and they talk about, Oh, my grandmother had that set of glass and you know, blah, blah, blah. Or, Oh, look at this. Starts the story. So, mm-hmm. Right. Right. The glasses, that stuff I put in there is all for sale. Theoretically. I mean, it is for sale, yes. but sometimes in my mind, it's not really for sale, but, uh, but the, the paper history isn't for sale. It's all part of the museum. Part of the museum. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. The part of the museum, but it, you know, it's really quite interesting because it, it does differentiate our shop. Listen, I am the most, uh, like digital, like nerd ever, you know, I mean, Apple gets a new anything. I mean, I'm buying it, you know, I've yes. got every, and I've got every box that I've ever had from every Apple phone, every Apple computer, you know, so I am completely a techno geek person. However, I think that because we get so digital, we've, we've become so digital oriented. And maybe this is because I, I started working before the, you know, windows was even a thing um, and uh, all that. But, but I think that the paper history, we, we won't have anything like that anymore. Everything's so done you know, digitally now. I mean, heck, when I bought a new car, I, I had no idea. It's been so long since I bought a car. I didn't realize I didn't get any paperwork. I just got a thumb drive, mm-hmm. you know? Wow. I was like, oh, what do I do with this? I'm not going <laughs> to lose this before I get to even get into the car. I will lose this. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah. Heck, you know? <laughs> so it's, I hadn't bought a car in so long. I didn't know. So I think it's, it's kind of interesting to, um, it's interesting to know what people collect or what they like. And of course, mine is, I don't keep it at my house. I mean, it's all at the, it's at the shop and, right. and frames and things like that. But it, it's a, it's a very cool thing for people to look at. Like, you know, for even uh, 20 year olds looking go, what's this? It's a telegram. Like what, what is oh, that? Right. Like, I know. Well, it's early texting, you know? Yes. <laughs> the way that you texted with, you know, back in the day. So it's totally. kind of cool. I it like is it. cool. I like it. This has been fun. And um, yes. I know we could go on and on and, and we'll yes. do the Veronica podcast another time. <laughs> Okay. All right. We're going to take out of that. All right. Thank you. Cheryl, so much, thank Sam. you. I appreciate it. Thank All right. you. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to Said. I sincerely hope you got something of value from the podcast that feeds your brain and fills your heart. If you like the podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes. If you're in the interior design trade and related industries and would like to sign up for a complimentary subscription to the printed or digital magazine, 
Visit designerstoday.com right now and sign up. Until next time.